Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hey, Tamara, how are you? I hope you can hear the excitement in my voice because it's palpable. Today's podcast is going to give you so many great insights. Why? Because today we're doing it a little different. In writing my book, Innovation is Everybody's Business, one of the things that I did is I went back and I interviewed some of my clients, so everyday innovators like you and me, who I know are doing innovative things, who I know are kind of a conduit for innovation inside their companies. And I interviewed them and I recorded the interviews and got their permission to publish them. Yay! So this podcast is that interview with one of my all-time favorite clients. That's why we wanted to start with it, Schneider Electric. They are an incredible organization and they have really embraced the idea that innovation is everybody's business inside their company. It's how they operate. It's how they think. It's how they look to the future. It's how they stay competitive. It's how they wow their clients over and over again. You're going to hear stories, by the way, of all this in the examples that Sean Richard, who's the client I'm about to talk to, shares. Now, let me just preface this by saying that this is not some guy with platitudes and hyperboles who's up on a stage talking. This is just Sean sharing some incredible insight and innovation, real world innovation. That's why I get so excited about it on this podcast. I know because it actually sparked some ideas for me that by listening to Sean Richard and talk about Schneider Electric, what he's up to, what they're up to over there, that you're going to gain tremendous insight and have several aha moments. Now, before I get to the podcast, I just want to say, hey, you want to be interviewed as an everyday innovator for what you're doing inside your company or what your company's doing, let me know. Reach out to us. We would love to have you on. Um, you know, I've already written the book, but you know what? As you know, I, and I'm sure you are, I'm continuously trying to grow and improve and collect more incredible stories of everyday innovators like you and me who are out there shaking things up and making an impact and having a strong and valued voice. Because here's the thing. We talk about innovation as it's for the select amazing few with purple streaks in their hair and you know bestowed with these special talents. But you, you and I both know is innovation is really all about thinking differently about what's right in front of you to create an advantage. And that's something that you and I can do daily. So the more stories that I get to share about everyday innovators, you and me out there doing those things, I think the more impact we have on the world together, together we get to unleash my big dream of unleashing 1 million innovators, everyday innovators into the world. And if it's not obvious, it's very specific that I say everyday innovators, because this is not about people up on a pedestal. This is about everyone from the CEO to the brand manager, to the operations specialist, to the admin, to the um, janitor, all of us innovating and making a difference. So, hey, holler at me. In the meantime, let's get to Sean so he can talk about some of the operational innovation, the customer innovation, just the incredible things they're doing over at Schneider Electric and get some lessons out of it because I know we will. All right, let's do this. Well, uh, 
so I guess one of the the most interesting stories that I have uh, is probably from a place you would least expect it. Uh, and that actually comes from our energy engineering team, uh, where in- engineers aren't normally considered the person that uh, brings the innovative ideas to the table. We had a team member uh, that sat in on a meeting with a customer uh, and was able to recognize that the customer really wanted to focus on the total carbon footprint of the solution that we were providing. And um, the customer wouldn't allow certain savings to be admitted into our projects that are typical. So this team member thought creatively, thought outside of the box and was actually able to capture savings in a new model that went completely downstream throughout the supply chain uh, that differentiated us with that customer and allowed us to win that project. So that was an opportunity where we had some innovation within our business occur uh, through collaboration from our project teams and and making sure that everyone has a voice, even the people where you may think innovation comes from where you least expect it. Hey, Sean, I'm curious. I love how you started that about the place you least expect it, because I think that's oftentimes where great innovation comes from. Um, I'm curious when that person spoke up, like what the response was about it. Like, how did it go from, hey, here's a thought from the person you least expect it to, to yeah, let's let's put this in our, our I don't know if it was an RFP or proposal, but, you know, into the into the solution. Sure. So uh, the team, you know, went back. They heard what the customer said. They caucused and they the energy engineer pitched this idea and it was immediately met with the response of, wow, we've never done that before. Uh, I don't even know how to calculate that. Uh, How would we even do that? And would that be something that the customer would accept? Uh, So the answers to that were, uh, we haven't done that. Uh, There is no specific model to create and capture those savings downstream throughout the entire supply chain. Um, And uh, until we validate these numbers with the customer, I wouldn't know if they would accept them. Uh, So that's what happened in that collaborative meeting between the project team. That energy engineer went back, studied all the, the aspects and facets of our solution all the way throughout the supply chain, created a model, brought that model and the numbers that, uh, resulted from, uh, the numbers, the numbers that resulted from his calculations to the customer, and they were ecstatic. It was basically exactly what they were asking for. Uh, the customer wanted to make sure they were very focused on uh, being a responsible energy consumer, and that meant learning how the the operations affected everything, not just the things that were on their utility bills that they paid for. So this opportunity uh, connected with the customer and was something we had never done before. And it came from a place that you normally wouldn't expect that next brilliant idea that is actually the reason you win the project. So that is, as Sean, that was perfect. Thank you. That was 
I'm just sitting here smiling because I just love the idea that of like, all right, well, we've never done it before. And that's, let me go figure out how it's done. And then if we can figure it out, we'll propose it. We'll do it. Absolutely. It was an excellent opportunity for us to, to expand uh, and think creatively. And hopefully we have another opportunity to uh, utilize those models and tools again. I also think it's a great example of, um, I was talking to some, another client yesterday about being stuck in the RFP loop, you know, just price comparison and just the world. And they're in a commodities business. So in the world that a lot of, I think companies are in right now, a lot of us are in. And the idea that if you can go and solve their frustrations and their problems in a different way, you won the business, but it's because you added value in an innovative way that other people weren't. It wasn't, you dropped the price. It was because you added value. Yes. Uh, we, uh, we always try and think of adding value. Uh, those are the solutions we look to. Uh, it's not that our customers don't have any money and it's not that they're looking for the cheapest solutions because we don't offer cheap solutions. We offer value add solutions that meet our customers' needs and solve their challenges. So when you're looking to differentiate yourself either in a commoditized market or a non-commoditized market, you're trying to connect to what's important to the client and how you can create a solution that is a vehicle to help them overcome what's important to them uh, and, and overcome those challenges. And if you can connect those dots between the solution you are proposing uh, to what they find important in the challenges they're trying to overcome, you have that much more of a chance of differentiating yourself in those commoditized markets. And sometimes those ideas or those solutions come from the person that you least expect because they're actually not bogged down by too much history and data and knowledge too. You know, like sometimes it's because they're not in the position that the other people are in. You just never know. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, we, we constantly look to the younger people in our business that don't have the experience, don't have the battle scars to self-impose those barriers and obstacles from the lessons learned throughout their career. We want to look at somebody that sees a good solution, sees a need from our customer and, and, and has the drive to, to bring that solution forward. No matter what obstacles and barriers were in place before, we find new ways to overcome that through thinking differently and creatively. Oh my God, that was great. Okay. Um, thank you. I have no other questions about that story. That was fantastic. Did you, you had more than one, right? Uh, so another great story from uh, connecting with what's important to our client uh, that comes from a place you'd least expect. We had a project that was sold. We were in the construction phase of our project and our site superintendent uh, was busy managing the lighting portion of our project. And this customer was a municipality uh, that was in charge of running a coliseum that their community used for free. They had band practice there. There were wow. uh, multiple groups that did events there. They had rodeos there. Uh, the thing about this customer was he was very frustrated at the fact that his constituents got to use this facility for free, but still complained publicly 
about the lighting. <laughs> of course. So every time our superintendent had a meeting with this customer, he left the meeting saying, as long as they need sunglasses when they walk in, we'll be good. <laughs> Obviously, our customer was joking and being facetious saying that. Uh, but it was something that uh, within our culture, we really connect to what's important to our client. Uh, and this site superintendent, through multiple meetings, hearing this statement, decided to take that joke and make it a reality. So he took uh, when that lighting project was done, he took that uh, county administrator and the board for that county and he brought them to the Coliseum. And this lighting system that was installed had a dimming system. Well, he turned the dimming all the way down and then brought him in and said, let me show you your new lighting. Turn the lights on. The entire group goes, wow, it's so bright in here. Our, our Coliseum looks great. Everyone's going to love this. And our site superintendent said, well, but I'm not done showing you everything we've provided. Uh, to show you the, the next level of our solution, I'm going to have to have you put on some PPE. And for those that don't work in that industry, that is personal protective equipment, which is ah. usually like safety glasses right. or a hard hat. Well, instead of doing safety glasses, this site superintendent took Schneider Electric branded sunglasses and handed them out to the entire group. I love and it. And when they put those on, he ramped up the dimmer and showed them the entire uh, brightness of their lighting system. And it just blew them away. So not only did we provide a first time quality solution that met our customers needs, but we also gave them an experience that they will never get with any other company and they will never, ever forget. Now, were they expecting you to actually solve this kind of underlying frustration they were not frustration but this challenge battle right that they were having with you know people who come in and then complain publicly were they expecting you to truly solve that and not just in the way you did but just like let's just start there for a second i think their main focus was uh creating energy savings from updating antiquated lighting fixtures uh, they were not aware of our effort and our culture of going above and beyond to to uh, exceed our customers' expectations by not only giving them a solution that they asked for, but also helping them understand that they're solving some challenges that they were uh, dealing with at the same time. And what a creative way to to your point, to give them an experience versus just like, oh, and by the way, it goes to 11, you know, it goes up. Right. Oh, absolutely. That is so cool. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that they were branded sunglasses too. <laughs> Another great story yeah. we have uh, where we really had some uh, functional cross collaboration, some, some regional collaboration to, to serve an, an existing client that we had uh, we have a group that handles performance of our projects after installation is completed, and they meet with the customer on a quarterly, annually, annual basis in some cases. This particular member found out that his customer was dealing with some leaks in his building created by 18-wheelers driving over 
old piping and the issue was they don't see these leaks because they're underground and he doesn't realize there's a leak until he gets his bill the next month and there's an additional $10,000 fee from all that water that leaked out. So our team member went to our innovation portal within our business and submitted an idea didn't have anything specific, but knew a problem that our customer had. So he submitted an idea that solved that customer's problem. Our innovation steering committee took that idea and formed a team that helped design and develop that solution. So now we have actually gone and implemented this solution at this customer site to where they can detect the leaks in their building immediately and thereby avoid the extra $10,000 cost from consuming wasted water in their facility. Uh, Another great thing about that is since this was a new solution within our business that we had never done before, we created an innovation playbook to educate the rest of our business. So we had our performance team interacting with our design team, interacting with our automation team, interacting with our innovation team to help build a holistic solution for our customer in a specific region, as well as educating the rest of the country on how to offer that solution to their customers that may have that need as well. You know, there's there are three things that really stand out to me, Sean, about what you're saying in this one in particular. One is the fact that um, this 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 team member took it on themselves to figure out or at least to get the ball rolling to start the solution. And that maybe he didn't have the whole or he or she didn't have the whole solution, but they had a nugget. Right. They had like, hey, this is a problem. We got to figure out how to solve this. And sometimes that's all it takes. It doesn't you don't have to have the whole solution. It's just that the second part is. Um, that you've got an actual portal or way for people to submit ideas. And then thirdly, I think that actually what I find really impressive and you don't see very often is the, for lack of a better way to say it, the systematizing or best practicing of the things that you're doing and working with this holistic playbook versus just allowing that to be something you did for one client, one off, but that you could actually leverage moving forward. I think that's really important and often missed. Absolutely. Uh, When I took this role on, I wanted to make sure that we were increasing the visibility of the the innovative solutions we were providing to our customers, as well as break down some of the silos that were created through functions and regions that were, I felt, were holding back some of the opportunities we had to expand some of our solutions throughout the country. And the innovation portal, our our social media platform, our steering committee, these are all things that our leadership put in place to make sure that the people within our business had a place uh, to to speak their voice and, and, and let them know that they had a seat at the table and that there was expectations for them to provide innovation within our business. Yeah. And then to really see it through into the playbook that it's really, it's not just a matter of just go do this one time and be done, that it really becomes part, it becomes part of the DNA of the organization, um, which tells more people that they can innovate because then they see it happening in other places. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Those were so good. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm so excited. I, can I ask you a personal question about, I'd love to hear your perspective on how you see I say this the right way, how you see 
culture of innovation? How, because you're really taking the lead on this at Schneider. So I would love to hear your perspective on kind of why the human side is so important, why the individual side is so important. I mean, you, you, before you and I, I mean, I think at the very beginning of our conversations, you are already there and we just happen to have a tool that kind of, you know, is in your toolbox now to help you do that. But I'd love to hear your perspective on all that because I, I think it's, it's uh, forward thinking. Absolutely. Uh, when I first came on, uh, like I mentioned, we have an innovation portal where everyone in our business can submit ideas. Uh, when I first took this role on, I noticed a lot of our ideas were great. They were very forward thinking. They were very innovative. However, they didn't really solve any challenges or problems or create any opportunities for our customers in the segments that we pursue. Uh, so I knew there was this, this putting the cart before the horse and I, I needed to get the business to start thinking about the problems and specifically problems that our customers are facing. Uh, so, uh, if you have the next space rocket that is being developed by Elon Musk, that's great. We don't have a customer that necessarily has a need for that. <laughs> right. So what are the needs that our customers have? And let's talk about ideas around that. So I knew we had to take a more human-centered approach to what our customers were dealing with. So we've taken a uh, methodology called design thinking that allows you to connect deeper with what your customer desires um, based on factual observations uh, through their their behaviors and through interviews and interactions you have with them. So instead of us uh, moving quickly with educated assumptions based off of experience and knowledge within the industry, we really try to, to stop and connect deeper with our client, better understand the underlying root cause of their challenge, not just the surface level problem, so that we could pro uh, provide a more holistic solution that helped them uh, be successful long term. That's interesting, kind of the what you're saying in the beginning there about um, it's, it's almost like you're throwing a bunch of stuff up against the wall to see what sticks, which is a lot of great creativity and innovation, I'm sure, but not necessarily applicable. Correct. Yeah. Correct. There are a lot of great ideas out there, but not all the ideas work for our customer base. So we really had to uh, make a point to focus on our customer and what they were saying. So we've, we've put a lot of things in place to make sure that our business understands it's not what we think is innovative. It's really what our customer thinks is innovative. Right. Uh, and, our know, business will be defined as an innovative company through the eyes of our customer. Right. The there's something you said kind of quickly, but I think it was actually really brilliant, which is um, connecting deeper with the client versus basing it on experience. And I think that, I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit about just the changing marketplace and changing demands, but um, what you said really links to that because ultimately what that means is you're connecting to what your client's needs are today versus yesterday. And when you base it on just experience, which experience is important, but when you base it just on that, you're basing on what worked yesterday versus what the needs are today. So I, I think kind of how you wrap that up was actually really brilliant. Well, everybody uh, gets their battle scars through their career. Uh, everybody has a different personality. So we all have things that we're attracted to. Uh, that we find shiny, that we find exciting. 
but that's ultimately not uh, necessarily what your customer is looking for. So even though you may think an idea is great, shiny and exciting, ultimately it has to tie back to your customer and solving one of their challenges or creating a better opportunity for them. Yeah, it's our own little, it's our own lens, our own bias. Okay, one last question for you. And I know that our time's up soon, but because this has been fantastic. I'm, I mean, I, we've talked about this separately, but I'm curious um, and I'd love to hear you just say a little bit about why you've embraced um, the IQE so much. I think both for yourself and for the company. So many people within our business being uh, mostly comprised of uh, engineering engineers with engineering personalities. A lot of people thought that, well, I'm not creative uh, and therefore I'm not an inventor. Therefore, I don't belong in innovation or I can't innovate. Uh, and I disagreed with that. Uh, I felt that uh, in my past roles, uh, even though I wasn't an inventor, I found ways to innovate for my customer, innovate for my business. And I wanted to make sure that uh, everyone within our business knew that they had a voice, they had a seat at the table. And even though I messaged that within our business, there were still people that were holding back because they had that 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 lack of confidence that they could join the team, join the group and actually provide value. Uh, the IQE assessment and all the archetypes actually show that there isn't just one type of personality that's good for innovation. Uh, there's multiple types of personalities that do multiple things that bring value and impact the result of the innovation. So that's where I really liked the archetype because it showed some of our members in our business that even if you aren't the salesperson, even if you aren't the designer, if you are simply a supporting functional member or a contributing member, you have a seat at the table, your input is valuable. And as a matter of fact, it is absolutely needed for this innovative solution to be successful. Um I love that. And, you know, what's interesting about it, too, is I think that we can be told we're innovative all day long. But once we're given the proof and we and we kind of it, it speaks to us of like, oh, yeah, that is me. We can actually move forward with it. When someone just says, no, no, you're like you, you're innovative. It's hard to believe if that's not your experience. Yes, I agree. Um, it's it until you until you understand who you are. And, and where you sit at the table, it's it's very hard to connect those dots. That's that's another reason why I like the assessment and I like the archetype. Uh, the other benefit that comes along with that is you have better awareness of the, the team members that you would be leading on a team and how they interact with one another so that you can leverage those personalities or at least understand them better to allow your team to work more productively. Oh my gosh, Sean, this was so fantastic. Thank you so much. All right, Tamar. Thank you. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com. 
and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listeners, listens bigger impact until next time